0: You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, it's been over a week the Bombers have been out. I don't know about you, I'm already missing watching them play, even though we haven't been playing that well. Um, you know, it's a welcome distraction to COVID, really.
1: Yeah, oh, I don't know about you, Oh I haven't been missing uh, watching them play because... Uh... Yeah, well, certainly hasn't been a whole lot of the weekend. Um, I get the whole distraction thing, but you know it's finals footy now, so um, I don't know I'm kind of looking forward to enjoying just watching the pure spectacle of footy um, by watching the the better better teams uh, play, and um, yeah, seeing I guess <laughs> what it must be like to be a uh, successful club mate.
0: Yeah, well, um, I guess the things that's happened. Since uh, our last episode, we saw um, the president, the new president, Paul Brasher, come out and send us a video. And that was, um, yeah, I, I actually liked a lot of the stuff he brought up. Uh, I know he was bagged a little bit on the footy classified the other night. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was quite welcoming
1: to get that kind of feedback. Absolutely. I thought it was a fantastic video. Because uh, I think I'm not alone in that. I sort of saw it. I'm like, oh, here we go. Uh, so I was willing to sort of give it give it a minute, uh, but I listened to the whole thing, and um, yeah, I thought it was really encouraging that he uh, he spoke on so many direct issues. Uh, so, you know, talking about the culture of the club, um, talking about direction of uh, coaching and and where he sees uh, the list and and the leadership of the club. I was certainly a lot more. Um, I guess reinvigorated watching that mo- watching that uh, sort of short, uh, short video uh, that I have been in a long time because he seemed to speak from a, uh, a, a genuine and honest perspective of where he sees things. And it certainly looks like uh, he's creating more accountability at the SNM Football Club and really delineating who's responsible for what roles. Because um, you yeah, know there was, uh, he sort of spoke about uh, you know Xavier and his role uh, that perhaps he's been uh, sort of encroaching on football operations a bit too much, and uh, yeah, almost sort of uh, you know put him back in his box and said, nah, look, he'll still be the, the uh, sort of mouthpiece for us, but uh, yeah, his his uh, involvement in match day operations and football operation more generally uh, will be only if he really needs to be involved which I think is a, a big step forward. But, um, you know, he, he sort of made a statement. And while people might say, oh, it's just words, we've heard them all before, I, I certainly haven't heard them in such a, a honest and direct manner uh, because previously the talk has all been around, you know, how good our club's done administratively and uh, financially and everything like that. Uh, but he seemed to bring the focus right back to we are a football club uh that is made to to win premierships essentially, and uh yeah, it was really promising to see from a uh fan perspective
0: yeah definitely and uh he was on uh Jared waiteley's show this morning um and uh Jared asked some pretty tough questions um now, I won't say the answers were uh, brilliant, but you know though they, they were quite quite um what would i say it? he played his cards close to his chest but Basically, uh, a whole range of questions were asked by Jared Wheatley. Um, Waitley, sorry. He was asked, um, you know, Adrian Dodoro, he's been there for 20-plus years since your last flag, and you haven't done a lot since. But um, Paul Brasher really came out and, in defence of Adrian and said, well, I'm not going to judge him since 2000. I'm going to judge him, you know, basically the last six or seven years. Um and he's picked up some great players like Jordan Ridley and Sammy Draper and Parrish and McGrath. Um, So he basically gave him a little bit of, um, you know, a bit of credit for the young players on our list. Uh, You know, I feel like uh, that answer was probably right, if you're fair, and um, probably where some people really attack Adrian Dodoro, and we've got to take it into account, that 2013 2014 period the club was right up there and it was building towards maybe success and uh, we'll never know completely what that effect uh, of the saga had on us but we certainly were building and um, you know, it surely put us back a number of years and of course um, we lost some draft picks with that as well so we've got to give him a little bit of um, a little bit of a, you know not be so harsh on him when you think of the restrictions that came in and that he had to rework um even though he'd put all that effort in and then it must have been so heartbreaking to see players that he'd drafted getting to their prime and then walking out on the club so you know to see Ryder and Carlisle and um you know Hibbard all these players that you know basically walked and we didn't get really true value for them um you know we you know as uh Paul Brasher said we probably sympathetic to the players and um, you know we asked for a decent trade but uh, we were never going to hold them um, once they made their intentions that they were they didn't want didn't want to be with the club so um, I kind of get that part of it you know but surely uh, you know we can't have that excuse forever and I think that's another thing he said in his uh, video to us is that you know that time's gone. Uh, we need to move on, and uh, let's hope that's what's happening. Um, the other news of the day, mate, is that um, Kevin Sheedy has, uh, you know, interimly uh, joined the board. So just an interim role at the moment. Um, but Katie uh, Liao, I think her name is, um, she's uh, yeah, she's actually, uh, well, res- resigned, basically. Um, you know, she let the club know she wasn't going to stand for re-election. And, um, yeah, so she's actually gone early, uh, which has created an opening and Kevin's walked into the, uh, into that role. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be voted in by the members when that comes up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a really important point that, um, you know, Katie Leo, I guess, uh, those of us who've, uh, you know, been observers or participants in Bomber Blitz, uh, know she's a super passionate, um, member of the club. Uh, always engaged uh, with us fans, and certainly as a board member, you know, she didn't need to, didn't have to, um, but she did because she loves the club, and she, uh, you know, she certainly put her all into that role, and I think has, uh, you know, been been reflected in, um, you know, quite a number of uh, comments from people around the club like Xavier and and that, and certainly Paul Brasher reflected on her role and her importance of what she's been able to achieve in her six years on the board. Um, so uh, yeah, and again, like so, Paul Brasher reflected on her selflessness in saying, "Look, you know, she wasn't going to go and uh, go for re-election because she had been on the board for six years. Um, so knowing that there was an opportunity for Kevin Sheedy to join the club uh, on the board, um, she uh, basically took the uh, the club decision and um, uh, resigned." her uh, her post so Sheedy could take that up that roll up as you said, Jame, and uh, that's just a, a fantastic credit to her um, and let's really hope that Sheeds um, can, you know, along with Sean Wellman, can really start to rebuild the culture of the Essendon Football Club uh, to where we need to be in terms of being a bit more ruthless in terms of our decision making and our uh, ability to give and receive uh, honest feedback as to where we are as a club uh, because that's, that's really what we want. Um, accountability and I, I suppose that, that point again I'll, I'll raise that, um, look, you know, you, you hear uh, sort of stories about Paul Brasher and what he's like as a person and everyone sort of reflects on him being the sort of director of PWC uh, Price board keepers and certainly they're they're heavy hitters and uh, you know you don't get to that stage if um, you're sort of meek in your level of leadership and apparently the big thing he drives is accountability and that's for himself that's for every one of his staff so um, yeah look let's hope this is a um, a big opportunity for Essendon to uh, to really take leaps and bounds and the season's going ahead and certainly the movements are um, uh, demonstrating to me that there is a, being a bit of a shift in culture at the football club. Of course, remains to be seen in uh, in further action, but um, at the moment, I think it's it's good signs. I just wanted to say briefly, James, with uh, Adrian Dodoro, uh, because that's another point that Paul Brasher discussed in that sort of video to the members, where uh, he sort of indicated that uh perhaps other mem member, other members of the uh leadership might have had a bit more say in where uh, Adrian Dodoro's power lay in terms of the picks um and uh he's that was again that uh defining that role to say no 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 he's head of recruiting. Um, Of course, he'll have close contact with the coach to look at the list they want to sort of build and the game style that they want to play uh, to recruit to those uh, two sort of measures. And, um, you know, but, you know, going forward, I guess uh, Adrian Dodoro will be sort of empowered to, uh, I guess, take more control of that role. So um, I don't, you know, of course, us as fans, we don't know, whether there's been, uh, you know, a bit of too many, uh, too many cooks around the pot, and uh, perhaps taking the control out of Didoro's hands, um, and I think your 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 point is exactly right that you know the 2013-14 um, seasons, yeah, derailed the, the careers of quite a number of people. Not only those who left the club, but you've also got to think of guys like you know Hooker and Hurley who were really in the uh, in their prime, they sort of lost that year uh Heppel as well of course um you know watson stance um like so many like like really um really good players that uh yeah, they were affected by that, but the thing is now, yes, we have to move forward, so um yeah well I guess we'll all see what happens uh down the track,
0: and the other thing to remember is we lost James Heard through that process as well. So, um, you know, not wanting to go back over it, but, you know, I just felt when Heardy was there and, you know, had that, uh, yeah, there seemed to be a real, you know, sense that we we're on the right path and, you know, it was obviously ripped up in front of us and, um, you know, we don't want to go over old times, but that's gone, the decisions have been made. But, um, yeah, it was a derailing and, you know, definitely affected the club, where it could have been heading. So uh, we'll wear that. Um, you know, we have to accept that and move on. Uh, lastly, mate, probably the before we get into the player review, uh, we're hearing Adam Saad, uh, you know, initially... Well, this is the process that we've heard, is that uh, Essendon, early in the year, had offered a, uh, Adam Saad in a five-year deal. Uh, when the COVID hit, uh, talks, you know, put on the back burner and when they recommenced talks, uh the deal was now four years. Um so obviously his management wasn't happy with that and obviously Adam wasn't happy with that. Uh and he was then um you know obviously the way the club finished was a bit disillusioned with the club's positioning and obviously the change of um you know the heart basically at, at the um at the bargaining table. So uh, he then went and spoke to a few clubs, and the last report is that Carlton came out with a five-year deal, uh, offering much more than us as well. So we've been hearing talks around a seven-fifty to eight-hundred-thousand-dollar mark, um, whereas Essendon were more four years, six-hundred-thousand. Now these figures are only based on, um, yeah, you know, what you hear around. Uh, basically, we're not in the privy to these information, so these could be un, un. Uh, you know, untrue, but this is what you hear on speculated on Twitter and so forth. So how much you take into the account, that's true. I don't know, but, um, I don't know about you, mate. Like, even if I love the club, um, I'm at, if you get offered another 150,000 and an extra year on top of that, uh, I guess your first, uh, priority is your family. And I guess, uh, Adam's had a, th- you know, had a think. and. um, Basically, at one stage, Carlton seemed to be in the box seat, but then uh, Mark Stevens came out yesterday and said Essendon had upped its offer um, to the fi- fifth year, and also um, had up the money. Uh, hadn't matched Carlton's offer of uh, the extra cash, but uh, had upped their original offer. So uh, last report was that uh, Mark Stevens' guess was that he would stay at Essendon, but it's not a given. And uh yeah, I'd like to know if is Carlton got those um brown paper bags coming back or what, because uh <laughs> they've got Zach Williams on eight fifty. And if it's true that they were approaching seven fifty to eight hundred on Adam Sarge, they've got a lot of money um sitting in the you know, in the vault at Carlton. Yeah,
1: absolutely, mate. It's uh yeah, I never know what what goes down there, but um I guess where they're out as a club, they've they've got to throw some monster offers to lure uh, some real talent to the club and uh, in terms of Adam Saad look I, I think he has been quite open and upfront uh from all reports in regards to his uh, negotiations around the contract he's a very family first uh, guy so um, I don't think he's made any secrets about that that yeah the money is important and I think the thing for us fans all to really recognize is that you know these guys only have a AFL career um, if you're if you're lucky, um, maybe to the age of 31, 32. So you've really got about ten years, uh, twelve years to, you know, basically make the most of your opportunity at AFL level um, to set yourself up um, for the future and set your family up for uh, for life. Uh, because you know playing AFL level footy while it's a um, yeah, it should be an absolute privilege and an honour um, it does take a lot of commitment uh, a lot of time away from your family um, and uh, yeah, certainly um, there's a lot of restrictions as well in regards to media coverage and stuff like that so um, I don't think in this case we should begrudge Adam for um, looking around at what um, what is really based on his performance over the last couple of years at Essendon a um, uh, sort of his rightful value no i don't think the uh the contract uh, thrown up by carlton um is sort of realistic uh from our expectations because you know we've of course got sign quite a number of players um uh, high profile players at that so we can't be throwing money around to everyone but uh yeah let's let's hope uh Sadi stays with the club because he's uh he's consistent week in week out and uh yeah, I think um yeah, he's one of those players that, you know, when they do perform all the time, they help drive standards at the club and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to uh him re-signing with the Dons for for 5 years.
0: Yeah, now um the other talk mate this week um was a bit left field. Uh there was t- reports that we would had an interest in a former player in Bashahooli. Yeah, that was a strange one. Um you know, I guess uh yeah, you could provide you know, a lot of experience, a uh, back line with the younger players down there. But, um, yeah, I I, yeah, I still don't think it will happen, but uh, it was interesting to see the club being linked to him um, after 10 years after he left originally.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Um, perhaps the appeasement factor for Adam Saad, because we know Basha and Adam Saad are quite close. Um, you know, Adam Saad's sort of quoted as uh, referring to uh Bashahooli as a brother so um, you know perhaps there's that appeasement there but I mean honestly when you look at it from a, a player perspective yes he's 32 years old but um, he's got great decision making skills and uh, great um, ball use skills which um, we are sadly lacking in uh, we've sort of mentioned it Numerous times over the season, really our only sort of reliable kicks in the squad are sort of Jordan Ridley and, um, I mean, you know, Joe Danaher's got a beautiful field kick, but uh, his goal kicking is a bit haywire. Um, and obviously losing Connor McKenna, uh, there's another halfback position we need to sort of fill there because that's, I suppose, one of um, Adam Sard's things is he does want to be able to use his um, run and carry more as part of his game as opposed to purely a lockdown role and perhaps having a a Basha could help uh, Saab be freed up for that uh, because certainly we haven't seen it be able to work with um, Mason Redman and and, uh, Marty Gleeson but I suppose when you look at it he's 32 years old um, and you know, the, I suppose the talk is we've offered him more security, so whether that's a two-year contract as opposed to the Richmond uh, one-year contract he uh, he may have been offered. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, I, I sort of get the whole thing. Yes, he walked out of the club 10 years ago. And to be honest with you, that uh, to me seems like a, a botched play by the club. Uh, we sort of let... Uh, let him go, and you know. even then I remember thinking, geez, this guy's a gun, he can kick it off both legs, and uh, he's he's pretty accurate with it. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how that one plays out, mate.
0: Yeah, I, I remember with Basher, um, he actually had made his decision to leave Essendon before James Heard was named coach, and uh, James Heard, when he was announced coach, the first player he went to speak to was Basher Hooley. Uh, but unfortunately, you know Basher had already made his decision and informed James that, but um yeah James even back then wanted to keep him uh in bomber but you know uh the experience of being coached by Matty Knights was too traumatic for him, so he um yeah he he definitely wanted to go out and play for another team um and had basically committed, so um yeah, that was a player we lost, made um. Yeah, all the other speculation, we're still waiting on Joe Danaher. You know, we don't expect anything to happen, especially when the clubs he's uh, you know, reportedly uh, got interest from are playing finals. So, you know, you're not going to hear too much out of Brisbane and Geelong in terms of trying to sell uh, Joe the club um, whilst they're performing in their final series. So, yeah, I, I don't expect us to get any news on that. Um, I guess the only thing I'd say on that is that All signs are pointing he's leaving. Um, You know, I think if he was going to stay, we'd know a bit more by now. But, um, yeah, I think I'm not alone in thinking that. Uh, But who knows? um, You know, maybe he's just keeping his options open. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's sort of uh, interesting because I believe there's reports that the, the club told him to sort of, you know, go away for a couple of weeks and then come back and let me know what you think. And um, I can't remember who it was on Blitz, so, so I apologize for who I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but someone was like, "Yeah, you know, imagine if someone, uh, it might have been Sarah Jones uh, that said, you know, if someone said to you, you know, would you marry me? And they said, "I uh, oh, do you mind if I give it a couple of weeks to think about it? Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't give you a whole lot of um, uh, hope. Um, and certainly, even if you did stay, would his heart be in it? Uh, yeah, I guess that remains to be seen look I guess um, yeah with with Joe Danaher, we know his talent is unquestionable um, his ability to to change a game um, you know on the on its head he could absolutely do that and we even saw in the Hawthorne game you know we when he came back and was able to um, you yeah, know produce a few goals there but then we also know the the flip side I guess the Jekyll and Hyde uh, nature of Joe Danaher and his playing ability is that he'll have some really ripper games um but then he'll um you know kick it out and out of bounds on the full seven times in the one match um but the one thing you always have to reflect on is while he might kick it out of bounds on the full all those times he still gets seven scoring shots, which is a lot more than what our uh, current forwards are able to do. Um, so really, if he does commit, we need to do some serious work in um, getting his, uh, I suppose, his head into AFL level 40 and really um, making sure he knuckles down on his on his kicking because. Uh, yeah, while well, it's great to twirl your fingers and, and stuff like that, when you, when you kick a great goal, it really hurts the side when you have a shot 25, 30 metres out in straight in front and you um, you, know, you, you kick it out. It really um, hurts your momentum. Um, and that's certainly a side of uh, Joe Danhead's game he really needs to work on. I'd love him to stay because I think that sort of raw talent and ability he has, um, you, know, you don't find that... Um, you know, in every draft. Uh, certainly not at his height, his his level of agility. Um, but equally, you know, if his heart's not going to be there, uh, that's another thing Paul Brasher spoke on. You know, we want people who, who want to fight and scrap for the club. So if his heart's not in it, um, honestly, at this stage, um, you yeah, know, we'd say thank you for your services, uh, Joe, and good luck in, at your next club. That's right. Mate, I, I just want to finish up, um, before
0: we go into the player review, um, I had a bit of banter with, uh, the Collingwood supporter and, um, <laughs> and I joked to him and I said, "I oh, I hear, uh, we're after Jordan degoey, and my mail is that, you know, uh, he's waiting for Collingwood to be knocked out, but, you know, don't be flipping on this. It's, it's a real option to, for him. Obviously I knew nothing, but, um, <laughs> I just floated that to him, um. And being a Collingwood supporter, this is his response. I can promise you, Jordan Goey will be either Collingwood or in jail next year. <laughs> I guess the real stinger in that, he said, both of those options are more attractive than Essendon. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, that's the kind of um, people you deal with when you're talking to Collingwood supporters, mate. But, um, uh, yeah, he did, I've got to say, he's, he's, his comeback was quite comical. Um, obviously, we're not making light of the, of, um, of the actual situation he's referring to. But, I mean, um, yeah, it's just that quick wit and banter you have between um, fans and that. Like, You missed that this year, even being at the games, you know. It's not the same. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to those little banters and you know you know firing back at each other you know respectfully not um in a way that (laughs) it's going to cause a altercation but um yeah just having those little barbs at each other and um I think yeah that that makes footy what it is you know you, you protect your club and you know you stand up for it when other people try to bag it and sometimes we bag it ourselves, but we wouldn't let any other team member, um, you know, bag ourselves. So like, you know, I mean, we'd, we like to, um, you know, be, you know, make a full appraisal on our team, but um, heaven forbid if another uh, player, you know, a member from another team <laughs> says, oh, Essendon's crap. You know, well, the first thing you do is <laughs> the battle armor goes on, mate, and you start defending yourself. And, um, yeah, it's I
1: a mean, <laughs> Absolutely, mate. It's, it's like, it's like a family and, uh, you know, as you say, you know, you might think, you know, people within the family aren't much chopped, but, you know, they're one of ours, so we'll back them to the end. <laughs> That's correct. All right, mate, we'll have
0: a break. And when we come back, we'll start with our By the Numbers Player Review 2020. and as we come back we start out by the numbers for the final time in 2020 and this time we're doing a player review of their actual season so not a game performance we're talking about their overall season's performance where they're at um contract wise uh where we see them going and um you know hopefully uh what their future will be with the bombers so uh, we always start with number one, mate, and we've got Andy McGrath. Uh, he had a great year, obviously got injured, uh, You know, missed those last three or four games, which probably ultimately cost him the best of various. You know, he's right up there. Uh, he certainly would have made a you know top three finish, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, he, he had a great year. And, um, you know, recently he was just named the captain of the under-22 side for the um, AFL, which I thought that's a pretty you know, high honour. He's been named in that side three years in a row. Uh, so, uh, and I actually heard that uh, radio, with um, the radio commentary with Tim Watson and uh, Sarah Jones, and both of them thought he could almost captain the club next year or at the very least be a vice and uh, learn to take over that role in the years to come. So um, we've called it all year, mate. We've probably, you know, said we think he'll be the next uh captain, um or at least captain the club at some stage. And it seems to be uh you know resonating through and to be honest, mate, I think we need a captain that uh will be with us long term and uh, you know, I think Hep will keep it next year at this stage, but yeah, I'd love to see Andy up there. Um what do you think, mate, of his year first and uh on the question of captaincy.
1: Yeah, look uh in terms of his, his year playing wise, um, you know he was it was consistent uh, the whole year. Um, the start of year particularly there were I suppose um, I guess some worrying signs in regards to the rush kicks uh, around his body and that kind of stuff and that sort of persisted through the year. So that was a that's definitely an area of improvement uh, for him. However, you look at that in context of. Um, the midfield we had available, which was um, really depleted of uh, sort of big bodies in there. You know, when, um, when we had uh, blokes like uh, uh, Jakey Stringer being able to go through the middle you know, at times with that bigger body, we saw our midfielders be able to uh, actually get the ball out to better use of the footy. Um, you know, guys like Andy McGrath would have more time with it to dispose of it a bit better. And you know when he went down, our biggest body became Dylan Scheel. And uh, yeah, as we've sort of said a number of times, uh, he's not an uh, inside mid. Uh, but it's just a role that we've had to um, get him to play because we had no one else to really play that sort of role. So I think in terms of Andy McGrath, the one thing that you could never question from him was his effort and his, his just drive to, uh, to get to the footy. You know he'd find it all the time. You know his average possession rate uh, per game was you know twenty two possessions. Um, I suppose a bit of an even split between kicks and, and handballs. Um, and you know he laid sixty seven tackles for the year, which is pretty bloody um, big effort. Uh, so he averaged about five tackles a game. Um, so he. Um, he really did everything he could to, uh, you know, get us um, in the hunt to win each and every single game. Um, of course, we weren't able to do it, but uh, that wasn't through a lack of Andy McGrath. And I think that demonstrates a level of uh, sort of leadership that players must really rally to. Like they see this guy being so consistent, uh, just throwing his body into everything. And it's not like he's a massive unit, um, but he is just very smart um, with his. Uh, with his, I suppose, body and ability to read the play. Uh, so in terms of his leadership, yeah, I'd, I'd highly agree with that sentiment, James. Um, you know, yeah, we should definitely be making this guy sort of vice-captain or even deputy vice-captain, um, depending on what happens, because I, I think you're right, uh, Heppel will uh, maintain the captaincy for next year. I would hope to see uh, Zach Merritt Obviously, stay with the club, but um, you know, be sort of vice captain there, um, with perhaps Andy McGraw as, as deputy vice captain, and yeah, perhaps uh, yeah, getting into that uh, sort of captain's role in the next couple of years to really start driving um, standards and uh, yeah, positive uh, performance culture around the club. So I think a, a fantastic effort from Andy this year. You know, even though he he did get injured. He did have those issues with his disposal. He still came uh, third in our Don's Cast Medal votes, mate. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic year.
0: And he, he finished fifth into Crichton, didn't he? So um, it was a pretty good effort. Uh, Probably another area he could work on, mate. How many goals did he kick this year?
1: Yeah, well, that's a big fat donut there, mate. Zero.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess the thing with him is, I guess it, as he learns the craft of playing in the midfield, knowing when to break and maybe get open in that 50, uh, breaking from a contest, I guess he's the one that goes in hard for the contest. And that's why if we can get a good player who can get the ball out, that'll be really good because I think, you know, midfielders who can kick goals are priceless. Like they're really hard to get. But, um, so, yeah, you know, Andy not kicking a goal. Um, mind you, goals this year were pretty hard to kick for the Bombers. Um, we're pretty low scoring. But, yeah, I think we we certainly need some more goals from our midfield. And, yeah, I'd love to see Andy improve on that. Mate, in terms of contract, uh, you know, we're hearing reports that he is uh, imminent in signing. Um, you know, I've heard speculation it's a two year deal. Um, so I haven't heard a long term deal. Like, I thought, The club would be pretty keen to sign him up to a long term deal, but I think it currently, uh, the last reports I heard was that it's more likely to be a two year deal. So, um, yeah, I I guess, uh, you know, being only what 22 years of age, uh, um, I guess he's prepared to, you know, do a shorter term contract on this one and maybe wait for the till he's about 24 to go for that, the big the big money but um yeah it'd be great to keep him at the club and uh, yeah he's obviously got a big future with us
1: absolutely mate um yeah just gotta lock him away because yes yeah, obviously his contract's up uh this year so um just lock him in adrian do what you do gotta do
0: that's right uh number two tommy bell jamers obviously we know that he's uh retired um he's had a you know his body has battled over the years, the last number of years, you know, the last three years probably uh, has been a real battle for him. And he's another one that had to cop those, uh, you know, the saga you know, restrictions that probably hurt him at the wrong time of his career as well. So, you know, I don't think he's ever got back uh, to as promising as he was prior to that. But, um, you know, he's obviously every player has talked about what a great person he is. Um, and I actually heard Tommy uh, when he was interviewed just prior to the last game, and uh, yeah, he actually said the club had offered him a role in the um, coaching department, so uh, as a mentor. So obviously the club's keen to keep him around. Uh, through no fault of Tom Bell Chambers, um, we have heard he's been a bit disruptive, and when I say that, it's not him. Uh, the players were just that had you know. Th- that much uh, respect for him uh, it made a few players disgruntled he wasn't offered a send-off game. So, um, you know, that's, that's what you get when you're a great bloke. I guess people want to go into bat for you. And, um, you know, it's really left a bit of taste in some of the players' uh, mouths, if, if, if that is true. Um, so, I think, you know, uh, I hope the players can get over that. Um, you know, Ben Rutten has been criticised, by a lot of parties on this decision. And I guess uh, in terms of harmony, he's probably made it hard for himself initially. But sometimes you can see what his point of view is. It's probably saying, well, hang on, Bell Chambers is retiring. He's not at full fitness. You know, even if, as he came off the ground, mate, when they were uh, you know, giving him a bit of a send-off, he still had a bit of a limp-up. So you can kind of understand... Rutten's probably thought, no, I want to see Draper get as much, um, you know, responsibility as the first Ruckman, um, you know, even if it's only one extra game. Um, I want to see him have that, you know, opportunity to play against the Max Gorn. Um, and I guess, you know, that's probably his thinking uh, as a coach. But he's probably misread it in some ways because it's really, you know, Boyle reports made some of those senior players really upset at that decision.
1: Yeah, and I think well, there's two ways of looking at it because uh, you know, listening to lunchtime catch up, uh, the the story seems to be that um, you know Hurley and Hooker went into bat for Bell Chambers to say, "Come on, give him a give him another game." Um, then Truck st- uh, stuck by his guns and said, "No, this is my decision." Um, they've then gone above Ben Rutten's head. Um, and then uh, it's trickled down to Ben Rutten. Come on, give him a game, mate. And, uh, you know, when Ben Rutten sort of turned around and said, okay, Bally, we can give you a game, uh, Bell Chambers sort of said, nah, stuff that up. I'm not a charity case, mate. Um, so, um, yeah, and I think <laughs> it's it's made it worse because uh, it's one thing if you say, nah, you're not getting a game, that's it, my decision's final. Uh, but then to sort of backflip makes it worse because... Uh, um, yeah not only have you already uh sort of uh put the players off by you know not giving a um really a cultural leader of the club uh that sort of final send off game uh now your your leadership is automatically in question because ah oh, you know if you put enough pressure on him he's gonna buckle so um yeah let's let's hope um you know let's hope that's not all true um because certainly it'd make uh, the start of the preseason and going into next year difficult if that's the um, I suppose foundations you've got to build from. Um, but in terms of Bell Chambers, look, he, he struggled all year. If I'm one hundred percent honest, uh, there were you know a couple of times where he uh, he seemed to to do all right. And look, he still showed he's he's got his, uh had a presence in the uh, I suppose the the centre bounces. Like he had average of uh, twenty hitouts. Per game, um, but his average disposal rate was you know about six disposals a game, uh, and in terms of marks, you know one, uh, one and a half maybe, um, and certainly at the AFL level, that wasn't really enough for us. Um, yeah, you know, we needed more from our ruckman, and he, you know, he wasn't. His body just didn't allow him to uh, get around the ground. And uh, sort of show that physical presence uh, that we know him for, um, but he still battled right to the end. Um, so, um, like you know, from from us, I'll say you know, thank you for your services, uh, Bally, and um, yeah, let's hope he does get that role as a uh, mentor for our ruck department because I'm sure uh, you know Sammy Draper and. Uh, um, and the uh, new young bloke, I've forgotten his name for the for the time being, but uh, they'll really Nick Bryant, that's him. Uh, they'll yeah. really benefit from um, you know what Bell Chambers is able to uh, sort of teach them in terms of ruck craft and physicality and uh, being able to um, you know sort of read the play and uh, tap it, yeah, you know, where where your midfielders need it. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I think it it was it was father time had uh, had called it, so um yeah good luck for you um yeah with the future Tom.
0: yeah thanks for being a great Essendon person and um yeah in that interview I was referring to yeah you could just tell how much love he has for the club um even if that's true, how it ended uh he only spoke in glowing terms about the club, so he certainly wasn't sulking openly you know to the media so uh yeah thanks Bally and um obviously number two becomes available for another player. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who wears the number two next year. Uh Darcy Parrish, yeah, he had a great year I thought. I, I thought it's definitely uh yeah, you know, his projection went from you know, around the fringes to really
1: starting to cement a midfield spot. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He um you know, we we all called for him to get more midfield minutes. Um because yeah, he wasn't getting him, he was playing that sort of half-forward role, the forward-pocket role, which he really isn't suited to. Um, but he was still getting, uh, I suppose, some footy. Um, and then just through necessity, through injuries, uh, you know, we had to to put him in the middle, and he, he really showed his wares. Uh, yes, there were, uh, I suppose, deficiencies in terms of his ability to run out the game in the midfield. I he's still got a bit of... Uh, work to do there in terms of his conditioning and things, but um, yeah, you know, he he averaged you know nineteen disposals uh, per game and uh, he was really in and under. Uh, his hands are lightning. Um, you know he lay three tackles a game. Uh, he's uh you know kicked seven goals for the year. And um, yeah, like I, th- I thought he had a a pretty promising year and um, yeah, hopefully another pre-season and uh, I suppose that confidence in being played in the middle um you know week in week out for an extended period should give him confidence that um uh, you know he he can make a real meaningful difference in that role and hopefully give the coaching department that confidence that Darcy Parish is dependable and uh yeah can and should be called on now uh
0: Darcy I think he's contracted for next year already so um there's no urgency there, but um yeah, there has been talks that uh you know the cats have been looking at him and a couple of other teams as well, so um you know, let's hope we keep him happy at bomberland, and you know we can keep him um you know content in terms of you know giving him opportunities in the midfield and um you because know, I really think he's gonna be a player for us, and you know I guess made it uh, he he's a goal kicking player as well like in terms of when he plays forward he certainly can kick a goal how many goals did he kick this year yeah
1: as I said Jamie kicked the seven goals for the year oh sorry I missed that yeah
0: yeah so seven goals so that's uh you know quite quite decent um I think on one occasion he may kick three in one game mate so I'm not sure if it was this year but he, he's certainly a player that can kick goals on the boundary as we saw against Sydney that was the match-winning kick. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's a, a good player and a player that we've just got to persist with and um, you know, give him opportunities to develop. And uh, I think, you know, he's a real... You know, we always comment how clean he is below his knees, getting that footy and uh, dishing it out. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Darcy next year. Kyle Langford, he's out of contract, uh, but all reports are that... We're edging closer to signing him as well. Uh, he had a great year. Um, you know, I thought he, you know what he finished fourth in the Crichton, so that was a great effort. And um, yeah, his his general awareness seemed to be much better. I thought that was one of his weaker part of his games initially, especially. But um, yeah, and, he, and he's another player you can mark the footy because of his size and he can play him up forward and he can kick a goal for you too he's generally a pretty reliable kick for goal so yeah um, it was a great season by Kyle Langford how did you see him mate?
1: yeah I'm, I agree mate um, I thought he was really solid for us and um, yeah as you say that game awareness was something he really developed in but, but also uh, his ability to, to collect and accumulate the footy so he averaged the uh, 18 disposals uh, per game um kicked 11 goals for the season so um and even kicked nine behind so you know had 20 scoring shots all up um which while not massive um you know he didn't play uh solely up forward so uh, i think that's got to be remembered and um he laid 30 tackles for the year so um you know two tackles a game um so, he's, I mean, that's one area of the game we all wanted to work a bit harder on, like the de- defensive side, and I think he uh, definitely worked at that, um, but it was his marking power uh, that he started to use, so, you know, four marks plus a game um, that he was uh, sort of collecting and um, has really, I guess... He's he's always been a bigger bodied unit, um, but it's like he's he's now become aware of that is his tool and and a weapon in uh, not only in contest because we've seen him use his uh, his big frame to nudge other players out of contest to basically put himself in a better position, um, but also use his height to advantage. So uh, use that extra reach to uh, to take a grab or um, to sort of get over a pack to be able to dish uh, the ball out by hands. Um so I thought it was a really promising year from from Kyle and uh you know uh let's hope another pre-season under his belt and another contract of course. Um we'll see him continue uh uh to develop and and really gain confidence and I think like the one thing for Kyle over the last few years is that he was in and out of the side quite a lot. Uh whereas this year again, you know potentially through Uh, injury and lack of availability from some of our senior players Um, he did play um, you know 16 games for the year so um, that's um, that's great for his development and that continuity continuity rather uh, in playing has been uh, fantastic for him and I think he's really developed a lot of confidence from that
0: that's right Uh, Dev Smith um, we all know he had that uh, shocking year last year you know where he's Uh, knees needed uh, surgery you know, he really battled at the front half of that year and then needed to, you know, basically tap out and get those uh, tended to. I thought when he came back he, you know, he he did look, he didn't have the same power you know, uh, we saw his tackling numbers in 2019 sorry, 2018 were off the roof, you know I think he broke AFL records that year. Um, He certainly hasn't come back like that but I was given some hope. I thought his last five or six games, he seemed to be running at high capacity and you know, his kicking seemed to return. So, um, you know, I still think his kicking could have a little bit of work done to it because, um, you know, he's generally a pretty classy um, user of the footy. And I thought this year he probably didn't give that uh, efficiency, you know, as as what would come to expect. But um, they seem to uh relocating down the back line, especially the the later half of this season. Um I don't know if that's his best position going forward, but um I guess with McKenna going and you know, us looking for some run from the back line that's what they went with. And uh, he actually became almost our designated kicking it, you know kicker out and you know uh, I kinda of bemoan that because I you know just think that Uh, Because of his uh, depth of kicking, you know, generally can only kick about 50 metres. It it kind of uh, takes the unpredictability out of where the football's going to go. But um, no, I think Dev will definitely uh, benefit from having a break now. And let's hope uh, no more surgeries are required and he can get on uh, back to the field and, you know, represent us as best as he can. And, you know, if he can get those tackling numbers up again, that'd be great um mate I think he's contracted again uh for next year as well so he's not out of contract um so he's still with us so um
1: yeah he's not one we have to worry about over the summer nah so he's locked in till next year um and as as for his season yeah agreed like he he didn't come back the same player um as he was in in 2018 however I'm sort of um uh, you know, you hear from experienced uh, players that you know you do a, an injury like that. It does take a long time to get back up to the speed uh, required. Your body just doesn't um, sort of snap back, um, you know, so quickly. Uh, but I think he was still quite serviceable without being uh, outstanding. Yes, his kicking, um, you know, wasn't as great as it has been previously. But in saying that. Uh, you know we've got to reflect on the game style we we're playing um, as a whole team, and certainly skirting the boundaries, and um, you know not really having any marking targets. Because remember, you know the the start of the year, um, you know Jake Stringer was our sort of number one tall marking forward, uh, with uh, Jaden Laverty down there as well. We had no Stewart, uh, we had no Joe Danaher, Uh Smack was playing pretty woefully um so when you take those factors out uh and you know we're, we're trying to deliver it as as well as we can into a um a really a dysfunctional forward line i think um that perhaps puts a bit of context around the disposal efficiency uh for some players uh, i'm not saying that's totally it because definitely we could all do some work on on disposal efficiency uh, but um you know for, for dev smith he he Put everything into it. Um, his disposal numbers were still um, pretty good, so he was getting eighteen disposals a game. Um, you know, making you know about four tackles a game, uh, which is good, but obviously not the the seven or eight he was getting in two thousand eighteen. Uh, he kicked the seven goals for the year, um, but yeah, there was a lot of um, I guess he was frustrated in terms of uh perhaps his his body and not being able to sort of uh, <laughs> uh he was signing checks his body couldn't cash, um yeah, to use a, a quote from uh Top Gun, but he um so there were times he just made silly decisions. He'd push blokes and give away fifties that um were sort of disappointing, but they're the they're the ones you give away when you're frustrated and not doing as well as he can so i think he'll he'll uh, definitely lift uh next year um because the one thing you will never um not get from dev smith is 100 effort uh he always gave that so uh yeah I, I thought he had a he had an okay season um but definitely looking forward to him uh getting back on the park full fret uh fit and fresh next year Joe Danaher,
0: um, again, we don't know what's going on there. Um, You know, I think he just played the four games and, in fact, only kicked um, goals in one game. So, um, you know, basically kicked three goals against the Hawks and that was it for season 2020. Um, You know, we can't base him, we can't judge him too harshly because, obviously, if you're coming back from an injury in the last four or five games of the year... Um, you're not going to be at peak performance, but obviously he's out of contract. Uh, lots of talk about Brisbane, uh, some talk about Geelong, uh, Sydney are still in the background, so it's still feels like he may be leaving the club, mate. But let's hope if that is the case, we get you know good compensation for him. Uh, you know, I think we currently got pick six at the moment, uh, and you know, obviously if we got compensation at the back end of you know, back of our pick we'd get pick seven also. Um, would the club be happy with that? Um would they match the uh offer and then pressure the other team to um, you know, make a trade? Uh that's dependent. It's probably iffy because if you um just hypothetical, mate, if you say you chose Brisbane and Brisbane win the flag, uh they currently have pick eighteen in the draft, you then um, you know, if you match the offer, well, they can't give you much more than their first-round pick and and maybe a player, and um, obviously it's going to be a player of their choosing, and they're not going to give us, you know, top range. So I'd be more thinking that if he does pick a higher-end team like Geelong or Brisbane, we're probably more likely to ask for the compensation to be, uh, you know, that second pick immediately after our own. Um, and then obviously would reduce some salary and that would give us some scope to go and find another player. But um, ideally I think we'd like to keep him overall. Uh, You know, you wear the good and bad with Joe, but uh, he's entertaining. I'll give you that. And um, (laughs) so um, I'm happy to sign up Joe, but obviously he's not happy at the club. Then we don't want to persist with these players who aren't happy there because it's just going to make a very – uncomfortable place and really should be a privilege to play for Resident and uh, we shouldn't have to sell to you what we are for you to want to play for the club so um, I guess that's up to him in the end but mate um, this year just the four games and you know it's been a tough three years for Joey and we've got to understand
1: that part of it. Absolutely hard. the one thing I will say James uh, yes just the four games and yes he was coming back from a significant injury, let's not forget that. But he averaged over six marks um, a game, uh, which you know we we haven't seen uh, from our forwards. Unfortunately, we've seen a few of our backs get that, as we'll talk about later. Um, but none of our forwards were able to do that, so that's a huge difference to our forward line. And certainly, you know, we we've all talked about the way we play and. Yeah, we kick it on on Waller's head and, um, you know, blokes like that, and it's never going to work. And um, you know, he Joe Danaher does have that um, marking presence about him uh, that we we sorely lack. So look, if he does go, it would be a, a massive shame. Um, so we just have to make sure we we fire everything at trying to get a um, a big key forward up and going for us um because he will be sorely missed uh if he does go uh, but yeah obviously hope hope he sticks around
0: yeah i guess last reports are we have offered him a four-year deal to think about so um obviously the club means business they want to keep him uh, because even four-year deals that they're not thrown around too often um you know this talk with Saad with five years you know clubs don't offer those big contracts anymore because they're very weary of players dropping off the perch um, and then you're stuck with that contract. But um, obviously the players that have earned it, they'll be offered those kind of deals. And um, out of respect for Joe, the club's given a four-year deal. at reduced money, it must say. Um, but he's been paid pretty well for, even though he's been injured. But on his behalf, I guess he's lost the three years of his peak and um, that would be disappointing to him. So if he, if he does blame the club's fitness staff or, you know, um, you can understand there'd be a bit of angst there so i guess that's stuff that supporters don't really know uh, but i'm sure his camp does so we'll wait and see what happens there Zach Merritt is um you know been a lot of talk about zach Merritt this year um they say uh, this is uh, pre-free agency this year so he's got one more year deal with us but next year he's a free agent and um there was a bit of talk on afl.com that uh, clubs are more likely to do these deals if they are going to trade them out the year prior to their free agency, so they they have control. But um, I really hope that's not the case because, as Matthew Lloyd said, that um, he still think, thinks um, Zach Merritt's our best player um, overall, and yeah, you he know, you certainly find the footy. Um, his kicking efficiency's definitely gone down. I, you know, I think you know a couple of years ago he was probably one of the most you know elite midfielding kicks uh, in the competition. But it, it has dropped away a bit. But as you said, mate, uh, I think in a previous pro- podcast, not having that big body support around him, probably you, you are using the footy uh, a lot quicker than you may want to. You don't have that space and time to you know, use the footy as well as you'd like. So um, I'm prepared to give him a little bit of an out on that. But, um, you know, I guess what baffles me the most... Uh, 2019, Zach Merritt is basically the vice captain of the club. Um, Captain the club majority times when uh, Dyson Apple didn't play. Come to next year, he's dropped from the actual leadership group altogether. Um, And apparently the talk on that is that uh, they didn't feel like that he would get around and speak to the younger players. Um, You know, he basically focused, you know, he's very good at preparation and so forth, but they felt his relationship building wasn't where it needed to be as a, as a leader, um, which I, I think is really harsh to drop someone out. Why, what's wrong with having the conversation and saying, Hey Zach, we, we see your leadership is great, but, um, we'd like you to work on this for this year whilst you're still in the leadership group. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, publicly put people out. It's got them upset people. And, um, you know, I guess in this case, um, Zach, uh, and he's been another one that has been, you know, brought into that Bell Chambers bit. He apparently he's quite opinionated that Bell Ch- Chambers should have played. Uh, he's also very good friends with Joe Danaher, and um, you know, if that's true, then maybe there is a little bit of uh, disillusion with the club. But I'm hoping he can get over that, and you know, I, I don't see the club trading him in a, you know, in a million years, um, especially not this year, because uh, you know we can't lose that much talent in one year and expect to be um, okay with the members. The members are going to be, you know, bleeding if you're going to trade away some of their best assets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, well, that's, that's all left to play out. There's no good sort of speculating. Uh, but uh, in terms of his year, yes, he's had his problem with his disposal, but as we've said, you know, um, it doesn't help with our structures and how, uh, you know, not having that, those big bodied inside mids to uh, extract the footy and get it out to a good user like Zach Merritt Uh, doesn't doesn't help him Um, but you know he's been able to go and get it get his own footy so you know he's averaged over 26 disposals a game uh, which is huge Um, you know he's laid you know over three and a half or nearly three and a half tackles per game Uh, so he's worked on his defensive game as well as the offensive side of it and um only kicked the two goals. Uh, that has been, you know, previous years, more of a um, a capability of his, but obviously not able to put it on the scoreboard this year. Uh, so I'm sure that's an area he'd love to improve on. Um, but you know, certainly, um, you know, there were there were games, particularly at the start of the year, where it just looked like his, um, you know, his, his boots had you know their radar off or something like that because he. Uh, he was kicking him every which way except for the where the target was. Um uh, but then he went through that real rich vein of form. You know, about sort of ten games or so he uh just found the footy so well and like that last game, um yes his disposal was off, but he was still able to uh find the footy quite easily. So he's an absolute gun. Um and you know, I'm I'm really hoping that the boys can all sort of get around each other over this preseason. Uh, because if we can get um, yeah some more fit blokes in uh, in the midfield there, like uh, hopefully Jakey Stringer can get back up to full fitness to um, have some midfield minutes because he, he certainly is another one he sort of laboured um, after coming back from injury. Um, because we do need those bigger bodies in there. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with with Heppel in regards to his um, sort of recovery. Uh, from injuring that foot again um, because you know, if we can get to some of those bigger body mids we're able to get shield Merritt, McGrath able to play more of that outside role that they would be more suited to to use a, the ball better going into the forward 50 it can only spell good things for the club um, and really help straighten us up um, so in terms of Zaxi, you know, I, I thought he was, um, you know, fantastic overall, and um, you know, let's hope he can, uh, you know, uh, you know, fine up, you know, the the disposal and uh, and that kind of thing, and yeah, I really hope he is reinstated to that leadership group because uh, we really need strong leaders at the club, uh, driving uh, positive performance standards.
0: Definitely, and uh, it should be noted that he actually was 8th in the coaches votes uh this year mate so um and, I, and when you look at it i think he's the only player not named in the all australian 40 um who finished in the top 20 of, of those voting so um which is quite strange um whether the selectors forgot his name i don't know but um yeah he wasn't uh he wasn't even considered in that top 40 so um, you know, considering how the coaches rated him, it's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Marty Gleason, a player that we probably you know and we do say we don't try to um you know, bag our players, but it's gotta be said he, he did have a tough year and it was kind of evident you could see he was a little bit down on confidence and yeah, you know, I'm at the point, mate, where I think he's uh you know, he's out of contract, he's a free agent. Uh I would not uh, be in any rush to sign him up. Um, you know, and, and again, it probably sounds really harsh, but I just don't think he's going to help us go to the next level. And it may good may be good for Marty to find another club to go to as well. But, uh, yeah, how did you see Marty's season this year?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He uh, he did struggle. Um, yeah, I sort of mentioned a few times throughout the course of the season that he, he was really a... Uh, uh, he would have really benefited from the VFL competition if he was able to you know, go back and get some confidence through the VFL um, because certainly he looked like a player bereft of, of confidence at AFL level. Like we'd give him these really difficult tasks like, um, I'll just march up against uh, Charlie Cameron, would you, mate? And, uh, you yeah, know, he got burnt. Um, so it was um, yeah, a tough year for Marty Gleeson. It does look like he's he's lost a bit of speed. Now, not that he's ever been a super fast player, um, but I guess his attributes were that he was uh, sort of agile, he was a good mover, and he um, he made uh, brave and good decisions. Um, you yeah, know, he made those kicks um, to really split open the opposition and um, yeah, put us in dangerous positions going forward. Um, whereas this year, you know, without that confidence he wasn't making those kicks and certainly uh while he sort of averaged the the ten disposals, um yeah particularly towards the end of the season, the majority of those were handballs, uh little two meter handballs going sort of nowhere. He uh um yeah, just never really uh hit his straps this season and like I agree. If uh you know, if the um sort of the the squads are being sort of culled in terms of um, you know, how many players are available on each list, um, certainly I, I think there are a number of players um that could play that role as well, if not better than um Marty Gleason at this stage. Um he has been a great servant to the club, uh, but um yeah, I, I personally think he's uh, his time's up, uh, yeah, for mine. Yep. Um, Dylan Sheel, you know, we paid you know
0: pretty high penalty to get him across to the Bombers. Uh, this is year two. So we've paid the two first-round draft picks. First year, um, you know, he had a really good season, I thought. You know, obviously his disposal's always been a bone of con- uh, contention. But, um, yeah, I thought this year, uh know, yeah, it wasn't as prominent as the year before um, and you know he just seemed to I think he started the season really well and then when he got that suspension I don't know what it did to his psyche but I know when he came back he certainly wasn't the player that played in those first couple of games it didn't look like it anyway um, but you know again he, he'll he benefit from you know better structures in the midfield especially when you get some help for him as well um, yeah how did you see his season mate
1: yeah it was, i suppose um uh it was a bit of good bad and the ugly uh and that you know particularly at the start of the season he he looked in real good Nick um his uh kicking even seemed to be cleaned up a bit but then as the season wore on and then after that suspension particularly uh his disposal was woeful again um but the one thing I will say that um did seem to be. Uh, an improvement was that um, you know he kept following up on his efforts. He didn't leave uh, any stone unturned in regards to you know trying his guts out to try and get the ball for the club. But the the fact remained that you know we uh, through l- lack of any other options we needed him to play an inside mid role and his uh, his footy really suffered as a result of that. In my honest opinion. He still uh, racked up the 23 disposals a game, Uh, so he still didn't have a problem finding the footy, but it wasn't the prolific um, ball-winning ability we've seen previously, and that was through, you know, when we had, you know, blokes extracting the footy um, and then getting it out to him, and that's when he's able to use it a bit better, when he's got a bit more time, he can use his run, Um, so... Uh, another sort of improvement on his game, well, for mine anyway, was you know, he made three and a half tackles per game. Uh, so certainly his defensive side of the game improved. And even at the back end of the season, there were instances where he was down at half back and really throwing his body into everything, trying to get the ball back for us. And um, yeah, certainly uh, defensive minded mids uh particularly for Essendon uh over the last few years I've been few and far between. So it was really good to see him have that defensive side to his game. Uh but obviously he'll really benefit when we do have a um a better structured midfield there. Um but and hopefully he can start to, to clean up his his uh disposal efficiency. So I I think he had a, a pretty good season. Um no it's not whatever everyone wants him to be this match winner that can Do everything, but um, really, I think he'll be a player that benefits from uh, a good structure that's set up around him.
0: Yeah, that last goal he kicked um, against Melbourne, um, we'd love to see more of those kind of goals because he's certainly got it in his uh, kit bag. You know, he's uh, a long kick, so if you can get out and kick these kind of goals, um, he'll look even more valuable. So um, I hope the club's talking to him about that, you know backing himself more and um you know we have seen him on occasion spray those kind of kicks but i'd much rather him take a ping because he has got that in him to kick those goals and uh, i think indecision makes your skills worse so he needs to not be thinking about giving it off and saying right i'm open i'm taking this shot and hopefully that will um you know pay dividends for him and for the bomber's Aaron France has had a tough year, mate. Um, You know, probably we'd like him to start to be uh, hitting his straps by now. You know, he's been on the list for a good six years, I think, almost, or five or six years. You know, um, we'd love to see him, you know, start to really knuckle down and take a spot. But through injury and also just, um, you know, he seems to be always on the outer. And I thought this year when Ambrose went down, it was going to be his year to, you know, Get a long-term run in the, the seniors, but uh, yeah, that injury affected him and he wasn't able to get back in the side.
1: Yeah, like there is the the injury side of things, but like the, I think the um, the thing with Aaron Francis is um, we all know he's he's an absolute talent. He can he can take some huge grabs. He can uh, he's got really good football instincts, but in saying that, he can be. Uh, you know, he can really switch off at times. His his focus isn't 100%, and that's where he really needs to lift, because there were times where, like, he'd leave his man, or, um, you know, they'd get the jump on him, and he's not the slow, like, the fastest bloke going around, so he's never going to catch him if they get a jump on him, um, and that really sort of uh, hurt us. There were times where, you know, he read the play really well, he was able to mark the footy, and then, try to kick it inside 50 but he'd really fluff the kick and it's like his his mind's doing uh too many things and he he gets a bit confused and instead of you know choosing between one of two options uh he sort of uh, kicks it in between the middle and it goes nowhere kind of thing so um that's an area of his game he really needs to work on um you know if he's serious about um you know continuing uh an afl career because um, you know I don't think there'll be anyone who who doubts his ability to play at the level but it's that ability to focus hundred uh, percent for the whole game not just in certain moments I thought there were really promising signs in the way he was able to sort of match up on on bigger bodies like I think I remember him playing uh, I can't remember if it was against Lynch or like from Richmond or uh, but it was a, a bigger body and you know, we both sort of thought, oh, there's no way Francis is going to be able to take him on. Uh, But, you know, his ability to read the play was brilliant and he he did, like, as well as he could, um, you know, playing in that role. So there's a real player there. So let's hope he can uh, really have a strong pre-season and uh, turn things around and get his body right as well as his mind right and uh, really knuckle down. uh, Because, yeah... He can be really important for us, um, and I just would hate to see him uh, sort of not take his opportunity, um, uh, yeah, as well as he could.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it was Taylor Walker too. He did a good job on mate um, oh, yep. over in Adelaide. Yeah, that's he did a really right. good job there. Um, but yeah, you're right. He he certainly um, needs to go to the next step for the Bombers to be successful and himself because. Um, that back end of two thousand and eighteen, those last seven or eight games he played were just breathtaking, and you know it just hasn't been able to capture that form again. But if he was able to, and to me that shows he's a huge confidence player. So that's the art of coaching is getting your players confident. So that's what the next step Ben Rutten has to take is getting him confident, take those marks, take the indecision out of his game by backing him and saying right, when you take that mark, I don't care where it goes, but I want you to, you know, play on or, you know, do whatever. That way he's not overthinking and uh, he knows what his role is and I think, you know, clear coaching will help him and uh, he's certainly got the skills to be a really good AFL footballer. Uh, Obviously, he's still contracted, contractor, mate, so he's uh, signed on still, so we don't have to worry about him. He's not out of contract, but uh, the next player is David Zarakis and, He's a player that is contracted as well for next year um in the back end of his career. He had a really tough season and you know um you know when you're struggling when you can only find the ball a couple of times a game and it, uh David had that early in the season and it's really unfortunate his best game of the year is when he got injured for the rest of the season and you know uh footy gods can be cruel and uh you know well you know, David's a really good uh, Essendon person. Uh, Loves the club and, you know, we'd love to see him rebound and have a really good 2021 now that he's on the list. Um, You know, we know he's there. So, uh, you know, those kind of calf injuries that he got, I think it was a calf, wasn't it, mate? Um, Ah, it was a quad. A quad, was it? Yeah, well, uh, those kind of injuries that, you know, they're the ones that can kind of get back to you as you get to the back end of your career. So let's hope uh, David, uh, we know he'll do the work because... Uh, that's one thing he's you know, very scrupulous on it, the way that he prepares. Um, so David Zarakis right, let's hope he can bow out. I imagine it'll be his last year next year, mate. But um, let's hope he can bow out and have
1: a great season in 2021. Yeah, uh, you know, he, his last couple of games were good in that he was able to um, he kicked those clutch goals. Like he kicked three in that, that game against Gold Coast. Uh, you were talking about there, James. Uh, I think there was another game where he kicked two, um, but you know, apart from that, you know, he really wasn't able to find the footy. Um, you know, we were sort of told he's playing a new role, like a defensive wing type role, and that's I suppose the um, the benefit you have from actually seeing the game live is you're able to actually look over the ground and see, oh, okay, I can see what he's doing there. he's X, Y, and Z, but you know, when you've only got the TV screen to go off, um, all you can see is who's on the screen right there and then, who's got the footy. And uh, you know, a lot of the time it wasn't David Zaharakis. Uh, you know, there were games where he was getting four possessions, five possessions for the whole game, and you certainly need more output from an AFL level player. Um, yeah, personally, apart from those couple of games where he um, was able to kick those clutch goals, I, I thought he had a pretty poor year. Uh, if I'm 100% honest, um, so let's hope he can rekindle some form, uh, yeah, going into this uh, this last year. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see how we go. Yeah,
0: uh, good luck, David, with your recovery. Uh, next player is Tom Cutler, and we are leaning to think he's got a two-year deal, so that means he's contracted for next year. Um, he was, uh, you know, brought in, as we were told, he's a really hard-running uh, mid, mid uh, sorry, wing player who could kick the ball, you know, 60-plus metres. Um, and that kind of sounded exciting, you know, but um, we didn't really get told to knock on him and obviously that was his physicality. Uh, kind of stood out. And I also noticed in a couple of occasions when The ball's still in play. He wanted to remonstrate with the umpires instead of actually um, protecting the ball or the space. And um, you can't do that at AFL level. So, um, you know, I'm prepared to give him another year if that's what the club has. But, um, yeah, I think he'd need to do a bit of soul-searching if he wants to continue in the AFL system because he's not going to uh, survive with
1: the output he had this year um, if he was to do that in 2021. No, he certainly won't, mate. And uh, look, he only played the eight games for the season. um, And I'm sure he would have really wanted to um, make his uh, sort of best case to extend his career in the AFL. Um, And that lack of physicality really was a detriment to that. Um, You know, he did manage to rack up nearly 14 disposals a game. But, you know... (laughs) um were they effective no not always um you know we were sort of hoping or oh, perhaps if he played on a bigger ground that uh, he'd be able to use his running power but even then he he didn't really uh find the footy or use it to to best effect so i mean personally i think he had a pretty disappointing year for mine um he's capable of a lot more um certainly uh you know he, he took sort of over three marks. A game, so he, he did use that to a degree, um, but you need more from this guy. And really, I hope that the club, if uh, if he's on the list for another year, um, just says to him, mate, you've really got to put yourself in to do some contested work uh, because otherwise, you're not going to get a get a game. We need blokes who are willing to put their body on the line and um, and not remonstrate with the umpires because you you won't change their decision. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens over the pre-season and the season ahead, mate. But, um, yeah, as I said, pretty disappointing year for Tom Cutler for mine.
0: Definitely. Aratio um, Fantasia, um, talks are he's out. Um, uh, yeah, the latest report is that he's not going to come back to the Bombers. Uh, got a golf membership in Adelaide. Um, so he's obviously keen to go back home. We heard that last year and he stayed. Uh, I guess for Raz, uh, since that 2017 season, you know, he's just been able to find these injuries and it's been really disappointing and when you think about it, uh, the Bombers have really copped it because uh, Raz and um, Joe Danaher, I think they nearly combined for 100 goals that year, um, of 2017, and you know, both of those players have got injured in the years after that and uh, that's a huge you know it really hurts the club in terms of their planning but also um Araccio Fantasia he, he was such a classy forward and you know it was you know he was kicking four or five goals on on occasions um a number of times in the season and we've kind of lost that spark up there you know and I think Tippers had to wear the bund you know the brunt of it because um everyone knows that you know, well Tippers the more dangerous one but when Fantasia was in his you know, uh, in really fit and up and going, uh, then you had two really cra- classy forwards that made it really tough on the opposition. So, um, yeah, a huge loss, um, him having all these injuries. And if he is to go, um, and most of the talk seems to be, well, Adelaide's going for a rebound, so it's more likely to be poor. Uh, because of his injuries and, you know, I guess the form that he's been able to put up, I'm not expecting uh, Port to pay overs and, you know, they've finished top of the ladder, so they're not going to have good picks for us either. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing to lose Raz for pretty much little to no compensation. But um, to be honest, we haven't really missed him because he's been injured.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. And even the games he, he did play, uh, we sort of found... It, um a roll from it half-back to try and get involved in the games because he wasn't able to find the footy as much. Um, you know, he averaged the sort of 10 disposals a game, only kicked the one goal for the season. I mean, I know, you know, he played the five games, but uh, still for Fantasia, you'd expect a bit more output than that. Um, so, yeah, disappointing uh, for Raz. Um, and if he does go home, uh, yeah, I guess... You know, if he's if his heart's not going to be at Bomberland, uh, thank you for your services, Razio, and hope you can get yourself fit because um, you know he is one of those players you love seeing him um, play his best footy. Uh, but um, you know we we really need to to find players at the Essendon Football Club that are are willing to um, you know, give the rule for the side. So if he's uh, if he's set on going home, then uh, yeah, uh, thanks Raz, but. Yeah, there's not much else we can really add about his season given his his injury. Well, one player
0: who had a massive 2020, Jordan Ridley, uh, Crichton medalist, Don Cast medalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he, he had a great year and um, I guess none of us saw that coming to the extent... Like, I guess if someone had a said at the start of this season, mate, Jordan Ridley's going to win your best and fairest... Uh, and make the All Australian side of forty, yeah. You know, you'd probably think they'd taken an illegal substance, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he had a great year, and um, yeah, his marking was so strong. Um, you know, probably a knock on him early days was a little bit of that physicality. He was more like liked to get the ball on his own terms. But um, yeah, he certainly answered that challenge, and I guess uh, yeah, he'd be a good point for Tom Cutler to look at. Um, you know, to basically see, so you can change your game um, if you change your focus. And uh, obviously Mark Harvey's left the backline coaching, but I'm sure he had a big um, big help in Jordan Ridley's career. And uh, Jordan's obviously said that um, Michael Hurley was huge for him as well. So, um, you know, it was a great season. It was great to see someone who'd only played 26 games uh, become the Crichton medalist.
1: Yeah, fantastic year Um, You know, what we loved about him was his intercept marking And just his confidence in the air Like, he averaged six and a half marks a game Which was huge Uh, Nearly 18 disposals per match And um, we know how good he was with his disposal Like, each time he got the footy He'd he'd make a good decision with it uh, Which was huge for us Um, So, a fantastic year from Jordan Ridley you know, we've sung his praises all year and um yeah, mate, you, you take out the double of the uh the Crichton and the Don's Cast Medal and that's uh that's pretty bloody good. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: well Jaden Laverde, I guess uh this has been a constant theme with him is that uh injuries found him again. Uh the games he did play he looked actually promising and he is out of contract. Um and we should have mentioned uh, Jordan Ridley's out of contract as well, but uh, all reports are that he's pretty close to signing a four-year deal, but with Jaden Laverty, um, he's out of contract. Haven't really heard much about where that sits at the moment. Um, yeah, but you know, I thought the games he played, he actually looked like he developed a bit. He, even though he's not a key position height, or you know, he can play those kind of um, yeah, you know, he can play as a lead-up forward and also a contested mark. Um, I know a lot of people are keen to see him play a little bit in the midfield in terms of, you know, using that big body. Um, you know, I, I can't see that in him, mainly because he's injured a lot, and um, you wonder where his fitness would be. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's certainly a player that yeah you know, I'd like to see stay at Essendon, but um, it may be a case where Jaden thinks you know uh, I'm cursed here. I'm gonna look for a, um, a new opportunity and see if it helps me uh, in my career.
1: Yeah, look, only got the six games this year, and look, he kicked six goals for the season, so he averaged one a game. And um, look, he, he threw his body at everything. Uh, there were some really good signs. And while he only averaged the you know seven and a half disposals per game, he actually offered quite a bit more than that in that uh, you know in that forward line, even though it was dysfunctional. Uh, yeah, he might not have taken all the marks in the world, but he always presented a contest and brought the ball down uh, for our smalls. Um, so I thought that was really promising from Jaden. Um, he just showed, uh, I suppose, that bit of aggression uh, and, and love of the jumper. Oh, love of the, like, Just love playing footy and that kind of thing. So it was really disappointing um, that he did get injured because he was putting together some really good football. Um, so look, I I personally would love to see him stay at the club, and and really hope he um, yeah you know, could um, you know get his body right because I, I think there's a real player there in in Jaden and um, look he has been cursed with injury. There's no escaping that, um, but I think there's there's a real talent there and um, yeah let's uh, let's see what the yeah uh, you know, the uh pre season got ahead. Because, um, I mean I, I wouldn't even mind if we gave him a sort of one or two year deal to see um you know what we could make of him because yeah I just I just get the feeling there's there's something there and um yeah we'd love to to see him get a, a
0: really good crack at it. A player who's been told that the services are no longer required, Josh Bigley. Um yeah tough year tough to hear that news I know early days. I don't know if you remember that first game he played. I think it was against the Gold Coast. And I think he kicked three or four goals, mate. It was one of the best starts to a career um, you could imagine. Um, Obviously, he got that uh, ACL injury uh, on Anzac Day. uh, When was that? Uh, Was it 2018? Does that sound right? uh, Yeah,
1: 2018,
0: 2019. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he did that ACL and. Um, I guess he's a big body person, and um, I think he lost a bit of agility from that, and uh, yeah, he just wasn't able to ever get back, um, you know, to being in contention to play senior footy, um, you know, he was named emergency a couple of times, I think they gave him one run at it this year, and he was by no means our worst, but you kind of get the feel where you sit at the club when the club drops you immediately after giving you a game, Um you know, you basically know you're on the fringes, and uh, unfortunately for Josh, um, yeah, his time at Essendon uh, has finished, but uh, one thing I will say, just, you know, looking at the Instagrams and all that, he, he must be a very popular figure down there with the younger players, uh, there's a majority of photos are with him clowning about, so um, yeah, he's obviously made some great friends and, uh, you know, as supporters, we we probably don't see that side of it, but uh, yeah, I want to say thank you to Josh for his um, services, and yeah, you know, yeah, you know, wish him all the best. I, I guess he'd have hopes to find his way back to an AFL list, and let's hope that's not impossible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say mate, I only played the one game this year, so it's hard for us to um, yeah, comment on on his performance because, as you say, he wasn't the worst performed on the day. Uh, just didn't get a lot of opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, he seemed to be playing some okay footy in those scratches, but again, they were just scratches, and we only saw those little sort of two-minute highlight snippets. Uh, so not a lot of lot to go off there. So yeah, hard luck, Josh. Um, but you didn't get uh, your contract extended. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly all the best, and um, hopefully you can find uh, you know some some luck at a, at another club um yeah you know, even potentially you know go in the VFL or, or something like that and um you know try and rekindle that dream um but yeah, not to be with the bombers going forward. Uh, James Stewart uh
0: yeah he had the same similar injury to Joe Dunneher. He came back earlier and pleasingly played out the season pretty well and um you know kicked you know a few goals for us mate. He's right up there um once he returned. Um he's out of contract but all talks are that he was close to signing a two to three year extension. So obviously the club believe in um, James going forward. Um, and I think we both agree he's not your number one forward, but he can be a very good complimentary forward. And, um, you know, they, they trolled him a little bit down back, and, uh, you know, um, against Port and uh, even against Melbourne. They had a, a little bit of a look at him there. Um, I think, yeah he's... Primary role is always going to be a forward, but how did you see James Stewart's game? It, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, when he when he did come back, he um he did struggle to get into the game early, like he was getting a couple of possessions or so a game, and certainly, um, not marking it to the best visibility. But that's of course, yeah, remembering that when he did come back, well, that was around the time that Jake Stringer had already been injured. Uh, Jaden Laverde, I think, might have been injured as well by that time, uh, so he was he was your number one marking target down there, um, Sean McKernan wasn't giving him much help, so um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a tough reintroduction to AFL-level footy, but then he, he soon hit his straps, and yeah, as you say, mate, he kicked 11 goals um, for the season out of his 10 games, um, and yeah, um, Yeah, he started to find those um, those good hands to take a few marks. Like he was averaging over three marks uh, a game, Um, and uh, like there seemed to be a bit more of a a physical physical side to his game, which was pleasing to see. Like uh, you know, when the ball wasn't coming down forward, he actually went and sought the football. You know, he'd run out to the half forward line or even the wing um, and try to like use that big frame of his to. uh, you know, make a tackle or, um, you know, crunch a bloke to to get the ball back for and I thought it, there was some really promising signs from, uh, from Jimmy Stewart. And, um, yeah, looking forward to him getting that extra contract and being around for another couple of years because uh, he's, a, he's certainly a very agile big man. And if we can get, uh, like, a fit and firing Joe Danaher or another big forward down there, uh, so there's a two-prong forward line as opposed to him trying to play... Uh, you your one man up against you know three three monster defenders on him. I think that'd be huge for for Jimmy Stewart because as you say, he's not your number one, um, yeah, you know, sort of power forward. Uh, but he's a very good uh, sort of second man in there um, for mine. So um, look, a, a solid season from Jimmy Stewart, and uh, yeah, looking forward to him signing a contract for the years to come.
0: Michael Hurley, uh you know captain the club most of the year um you know when Dyson Heppel wasn't playing um so that's why it's disappointing that you know reports are he had a bit of a fallout after this bell chamber's altercation um certainly wasn't his best year uh, you know that shoulder seemed to be worrying him, especially later in the season and um I remember early days made he got out marked by the new player at frio and um you know on a number of occasions so uh, he certainly did find some good form at certain periods of the season, but yeah, certainly a season he could definitely improve on. And um, obviously, his leadership was valued because, as I said, for the whole season, he was the one basically doing the um, you know, the centre bounce, uh, sorry, the you know, the flip of the coin and all that kind of stuff. He was taking on all the ownership of that, and uh, to me, that says the players in the club were comfortable with him leading them out and. Um,
1: with Dyson not there, he he had a big leadership role to do. Yeah, he did. Um, so you know, he he actually had some really really important games for us, and I, I thought he had a pretty good season. Um, no, it wasn't his his best. Uh, certainly, his his disposal got away from him, and uh, yeah, that shoulder really worried him. Um, so he wasn't he didn't feel comfortable going into big contests and. Uh, and things like that. Um, but, you know, he still averaged over six marks a game, um, 16 disposals a game, and, um, yeah, really showed some, some good leadership down there, which would have just been huge for blokes like Ezerk Thatcher, Jordan Ridley, uh, and, and so on there. So I, I thought it was yeah, pretty... Well, look, it was a solid season uh, from Hurley because you you look at the season as a whole... He had some quite good games, then he had some, uh, look, you, you have to say some real horrors. Um, you know, some games where, you know, <laughs> it sort of uh, didn't matter where he'd put it on his boot, it'd, um, it'd go the other way. Um, and, yeah, some of his decision-making wasn't fantastic, but, um, you know, you always got a contest from Hurls, Um and he, as, as you say, mate, his, his leadership was unquestioned, so... Yeah, I thought he's uh, fairly solid overall and uh let's hope he can, yeah, put the uh put the bad water under the bridge um from the end of this season and uh yeah, go in in a more positive frame of mind uh for next season.
0: Yeah, so he's still got two years to go, mate. So um you know, he's got that he signed that big five year deal, so he um yeah, he's still got two years to go. So I'd imagine he'll still be at the bombers next year um kb much he's a player that uh, has been told his services are no longer required and here's another one mate he never really got a a chance to have a look at him properly because uh, on a number of occasions he was named in the senior side he seemed to pick up a hamstring injury or an injury of some type and he kind of disappeared and i think this year he was given one opportunity or and we didn't see much of him then either so uh yeah it was a He's had a tough time at the Bombers, and uh, he was a GWS Academy player um, originally, uh, so he was one that we kind of snared from him. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately this uh, didn't pay dividends for us.
1: No, it didn't. Uh, I think, you know, we, we sort of saw throughout his time at Bomberland, um, the one thing he could always do was, was find the footy. That that wasn't an issue. Uh, it was what he did with it that was sort of the um, the issue, um and as you say like he'd get a run of a few games and then get injured and um uh it really sort of that's going to knock you about as a young player um yeah because then you have to fight your way back into the side and then you get injured again and um it really seemed to take it out of him and as you say like uh he played that one game uh and then the the club sort of put a line through him so um yeah look, not much we can say but uh yeah thanks for your services Kobe uh sorry it didn't work out and uh, yeah I guess all all the best for your future endeavors.
0: Yeah, definitely yeah, I I concede with that um that's correct mate we should uh I yeah, always thank our players that you know we only see them you know when the bombers are playing and obviously the people who go to training they must do a mountain load of work just to get onto an AFL list and they make a lot of sacrifices that we don't see as supporters and um yeah it should never be lost so yeah thank you kobe and good luck with your career uh if it's in you know vfl level initially and then maybe try to get back on the afl list who knows but um yeah good luck to you mate uh the next one jacob Townsend. we brought him across from the tigers and uh you know he he played a lot of games early um didn't really get much more than you know maybe six or seven possessions in most games um when he tackled you you knew about it because he he really tackled to hurt you but um yeah I just found him like and to be fair to him we kind of used him as our um, key position player I think there was a stat there early in the year that he was uh our number one target in our um our forward 50 area so um yeah he's not that kind of player so that was kind of out of necessity that the ball kept going to him but yeah um he's out of contract uh some thought he was going to be shown the door but who knows where that sits at the moment i think the club's keeping their options open uh he just didn't find a footy enough mate and uh he did look a, a step off it i thought I, I just thought um yeah he just didn't have that yard of pace to help him and um in footy today those backline players are pretty quick these days because they want to generate a score up the other end and um yeah, it's hard to carry players like that, especially when you've got two of them, like Stringer can play that role as well. So going to be interesting, mate, how he um
1: how the decision is to keep him or let him go. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um yeah, I mean, he played the 12 games, uh averaged 6 disposals uh and made 2.7 tackles per game. Did kick the nine goals for the year. But um, certainly for a forward option, you'd you'd want a bit more output than that. And that's remembering that, you know, one of those games he kicked three. Uh, I think that might have been against Frio. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for mine, he he was too one-dimensional. Yes, he'd tackle to hurt, but then he'd he'd do nothing else. Um, He wouldn't get a lot of the footy. Uh, He wouldn't kick a lot of goals. Um, You know, didn't take a lot of marks. Um, so, I mean, personally, um, you know, I'd I'd be comfortable with with cutting him from the list. I uh, I don't see what he adds that other players couldn't do in that role. Um, you know, I think of a uh, a Dylan Clark. You know, if you were gonna uh, weigh up the two, well, Dylan Clark can add more because he's got that sort of um, got the ability to find the footy and. Um, he yeah, like has kicked a few goals himself, um not a whole lot, but I mean, uh if you look at the versatility of players i think Dylan Clark's got more to offer so um yeah i mean i I couldn't say any more than he had a very average year uh Townsend as much as we loved him early um yeah i- I don't think he offers a lot for us going forward,
0: yeah, I do have to agree with that mate, um Dyson Heppel. Uh, another tough year for the captain. Um, you know, that ankle and foot have caused him a lot of problems. Uh, even when he got back, we hear there was a screw that was uh, rubbing on the ankle or, or the foot that caused him a lot of issues and discomfort. So he had to have surgery again. Um, you know, I'm told it won't be long surgery, so he should be right you know, um, you know when pre-season comes back. Should be really right to go um, by the January break at least. Um, So hopefully you can get a few weeks training in um, for next season. But yeah, the last couple of years have been a real struggle for him. Um, Yeah, we've missed his leadership. uh, I think because you know, uh, even though people say he's laconic, um, he must be a good leader because the players keep wanting him as captain. And a lot of leadership roles are flip flop, but. Uh, Dyson, as skipper, has not. And, um, yeah, let's hope that Hep can get his body right. Uh, you know, he loves the club and wants to see it do well. And uh, let's hope he can go, go well himself.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, as you say, mate, disappointing year for, for Hep with those uh, those injuries. Uh, so let's hope we can get him back because, yeah, not only do we miss his leadership, but um, his on-ground ability, he's one of our few midfielders that have a ability to mark over his head. Um and uh, take a contested grab, uh, really. And obviously he's, got, he's that big-bodied um, midfielder we really need in there to extract the footy and get it out to the good users. So uh, definitely missed Hep, and um, he's also one of those very few players we've got that uh, wants to take the game by the scruff of the neck, takes that responsibility and, um, you know, does everything he can to try to get us to win. So we really missed that out there on the field. Uh, So let's hope we can get him right for next season um, because, yeah, we certainly missed him during uh, 2020.
0: And he's obviously contracted next year, so we don't have to worry about him. (laughs) We're not chasing his signature. Um, One player we will be chasing their signature is Irving Mosquito and he was a bright spark early. Um, You know, looked really promising. Uh, then done the ACL so that'll mean next year he'll sit on our long-term injury list uh, which is similar to what Lachlan Johnson did this year so basically lets you have another pick um, to bring in knowing that that player is not going to be available to you so uh, we're still waiting on the actual final numbers for the clubs to what numbers will be but one thing's for sure I wouldn't expect to see Irving Mosquito uh, playing any football next year, or if he is, it will be at the back end of um, of 2021. Uh, disappointing, wasn't it? Because uh, in that Dreamtime game up in Darwin, he was uh, electric. I really liked watching him play that day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like That um, kicked a couple of goals, and that there was that um, pick-up and, and run uh, that he went with. It was just so clean. Um and, you know, the the big thing about Irving Mosquito, he just obviously loves footy so much. he's a big, beautiful smile. Um, he's a real... Um, I don't know, he's just a really exciting player out there on the ground. Like, no, he didn't find a lot of the footy, but, you know, when he did, he looked really promising and uh, made good use of it. Uh, kicked a couple of goals, as I said. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I hope we do sign him up because, yeah, even though we won't see a lot of him next year, uh, there's a super talent there. And, um, yeah, hoping he uh, enjoys many years ahead at Bomberland.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, get well, Moz. Um, next player, Harrison Jones. We didn't see him this year, mate. Um, he was our number one pick from last year. I think around pick 30. Um and if you ask Adrian Dodoro, we would have taken him with pick nine. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but he's by all accounts a promising key position uh, forward. Uh, you know, he's got a good pair of hands on him. We saw him in the um, in the JLT series, uh, you know, and he seemed to have strong strong hands, and he looked a pretty accurate kick for goal, which is promising. Um, so. Uh, there was some talk I think he was actually elevated to an emergency in that last game Um, you know so he was uh, initially not named as an emergency but um, a player was came out of it I can't remember who it was but Harrison Jones was named as an emergency in that last game mate and uh, let's hope that gave him a little bit of hope for you know that the club sees him in the future and uh, you know, if Joe Donahue goes, he's going to be needed sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. He, uh, yeah, just lock him up in the gym and, and feed him plenty. Um, because I think there's uh, plenty of promise there. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, see what uh, hopefully, hope for a big pre season for him and might see him, uh, in the colours next year.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, well, this will be the last player, mate, we do uh, before we do part two of this segment uh, because time's getting away from us, uh, mm. and unless we want to have a four-hour episode. But um, <laughs> 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 uh, last player, we'll do number 24, and that is Nick Bryant. And again, um, we haven't seen him play for the Bombers, uh, but by all reports, the club really see a, a good ruckman uh, in the background there and, um, I did hear uh, one of the coaches mention that they see Draper and Brian um, being, you know, key to their ruck stocks in the years ahead. So they must really back him in. Um, I know they in the scratch matches they were trialling him in some key position areas as well. Just probably seeing where he could play uh, when he's not rucking. You know, obviously Draper looks like he's going to be our number one ruckman. So if they were to play him as a second ruck. Where in the senior side, where else could he play? So I think they trialed him down at, you know, center-half back and, and even uh, a bit up forward. So, um, but
1: apparently he's a very good tap ruckman
0: um, and he's got not bad skills for a big
1: man. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of promise for this young bloke and, um, you know, everyone gives him big raps, uh, says he's, you know, doing really well in the in the scratches. So uh, looking forward to big pre-season. For him, again, another one. Just you know, lock him in the gym. Uh, you know, feed him as much as he can handle, and uh, hope he gains a bit more size and um, yeah, continues to develop his uh, his ruck craft. Because uh, yeah, certainly uh, good ruckmen are difficult to find. And um, yeah, if we've got a beauty on our hands, so let's continue to develop him and yeah, hope for hope for big things uh, in the years ahead. All right. Well, um, yeah,
0: well, that's our first 24 players, mate. Um, there's about 24 to go. <laughs> um, I know in the back half, a lot of those players didn't play a lot of senior footy. But, um, yeah, in the interest of time, <laughs> I didn't want to uh, make this too long an episode. Uh, so yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. Um, we've got a bit of a – we'll do a bit of a break and um, we'll do another one um, – probably in the next week or so to do, finish off. And also we'll um, you know, hope to speak to Scott and Grant soon on the lunchtime catch-up, which would be exciting, mate. Um, you know, uh, Scotty's been in uh, some contact, so let's hope that eventuates. And, uh, yeah, it would be great to have a chat to the guys because, um, after all, we're all just lovers of the Bombers, aren't we?
1: That's
0: it, mate. Uh, for better or worse, we'll be there till the end. Yeah, exactly alright well thanks for listening and uh, yeah we'll come back with the second half uh, probably in the next week so thanks for your time and uh, yeah go Bombers go Dons